Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sojourn College podcast, where we engage in God's Word in a way that transforms us. I'm Kyle Mallard, and I'm on staff here at Sojourn College, and I've got the privilege to be sitting here with the one and only Jason Stevens. Uh, so Jason, you want to say what's up? I do want to say what's up, but uh, I am definitely not the one and only Jason <laughs> Stevens. There's at least like 700 more Jason Stevens oh in America as the most basic American name ever. Well, y- you're you're the one and only in my life, so we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with that. Well, I love you too, Kyle. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Jason, what what are we doing here today? Man, we are uh, we're getting into the word a bit. So the the uh, the interactive James study just dropped today. Okay. Um, and so you can contact your CG leaders or on our on our Slack to get a hold of that. And uh, and we want this podcast to accompany that, right? And so we want to walk through the word as you guys are studying that devotionally, just to help you um, be impacted by God's word. All right. No, that sounds great. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. So Jason, uh, can you describe uh, for us some of the background to the book of James? Yeah. So I also want to just state up front, I'm not a Bible scholar, right? Um, and, and a lot of this background information, I pulled it in the same way you could too, right? So I have a commentary, the ESV expository commentary. The James section is written by uh, by Dr. Robert Plummer, who's one of my professors from Southern Seminary. And, uh, and a lot of that information I'm getting from there. But James is written by James, right? Okay. Um, yes. Uh, the the half-brother <laughs> of Jesus. And uh, James was martyred in 62. And most evangelical scholars believe that this book was written about, about the mid-40s. Right, and mm-hmm. so that would place this at, at probably the first New Testament book written, mm-hmm. right? And, and the genre is kind of kind of weird for James. It's different than a Pauline epistle, right? James, um, Dr. Plummer says, it, it, it's more like a pastor's blog, mm-hmm. right? Where where it seems there's these short posts from here to there, where he's changing topics frequently, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we study this book, we we want to focus on each text within its particular unit. Okay, no, that's, that's actually, that's really helpful to think through. Like, as we walk through this letter, it's like this wisdom literature, right? Mm-hmm. And so James has given, given, this, given us this, uh, these pieces of wisdom. Um, that's really helpful. So what part, uh, today we're going to be in chapter one, but what part of chapter one do you want to focus in on uh, today? Yeah, I want to focus on verses 12 through 18. Uh, Kyle, could you read that for us? Um, yeah, definitely. And we are going to be in the CSB uh, for those of you who are uh, listening. So it says this, Blessed is the one who endures trials, Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits to his creatures. So, Jason, what would you say uh, is the main point that you want us to walk uh, away with today from this text? Yeah, so as I was engaging in this word, I feel God is saying this. Trust God to give what is good when we desire what's not. Mm. Trust Mm. God to give what is good when we desire what's not. Mm. No, that's, that's good. I think, um, yeah, it'll be really helpful for us to actually like unpack that statement. I think there's a lot that's going on in that statement. So, um, I would love to dive into that, um, and see kind of what God has been teaching you, uh, 
through this kind of main idea. Uh, so first, let's let's start with this. We see that James is constantly mentioning the word trials, uh, and then he transitions from this word trials to temptations. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about that distinction? Like, what's the difference in the text between these trials and temptations? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he starts with, blessed is the one who endures trials. And then, then he connects this to the promise of eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. first I want to say this is that, man, life is full of trials, right? Mm-hmm. We, we live in a wor- world that has been corrupted by sin, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and trials are a way that we refine our faith and we prove our love for God, right? And so everyone will face these trials, right? But the mm-hmm. ones who endure to the end, those are the ones who will be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also interesting that in Greek, um, the, the word that's translated trials and the word that's translated temptations are the same word, right? Mm. And so the interpretation or the uh, translation is based on the context here. And so James, he alternates quickly for, for how he's, he's using this word, right? And so I will connect them this way. In a trial, we are often tempted to sin, mm. right? That's how the, these two terms are related. Uh, James points out one key dis- a distinction, though, and it's this. A trial comes from God, but temptation does not, right? And, and I've noticed just, just in this world of, of Christianity, talking to students and so forth, even in my own life, it, it seems that we pigeonhole the word temptation to be only about sexual sin, mm-hmm. right? But that, mm-hmm. that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Temptation is a longing to abandon what you know and believe about God and his word in order to believe something, mm-hmm. have something, or do something that's contrary to his desire. I think many of us can think about certain things that tempt us, but not many times do we actually think about what's going on in that temptation, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it'll be helpful. Um, yeah, let's talk about what is actually going on in our hearts uh, when we are being tempted. And what, what is God teaching us through this text about the complexity and the dynamics that are going on in our heart? Yeah, um, yeah I think James just sets the record straight, right? Um, we are tempted by our own evil desires, and all of our hearts are, are longing for things that, mm-hmm. are, that are just not from God. That's mm-hmm. just the reality, right? Um, whether it's sex outside of marriage, um, whether it's greed, whether it's praise for yourself, yourself instead of God, um, whether the longing for idols, right? Um, mm-hmm. All of these things that God just doesn't want for us. Mm-hmm. We want things that are not good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and when you find yourself longing for something that is contrary to God's plan and God's desire, I think the challenge for us is to look inward, right? Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times we say, man, that person tempted us. Th- this, this stuff is going on. But we need to look inward, right? And, mm-hmm. and we need to self-assess and ask ourselves, what is my heart truly longing for? Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. And I think something else I was thinking about when you were talking is you said we're, we're, we desire things that aren't good. And I would say that's true. But just thinking about God's creation, right? God has created everything good. Yeah. And so it's interesting like, to think about Satan's lie, right? He said, Does, did God really say this, right? Mm-hmm. So actually, some of the, the things that we're tempted for that are sinful, they're, 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 there's an aspect in which it's inherently good. Yeah. But the temptation is to distort and twist God's good gift and God's good design. Yeah. And that temptation is is to pervert, is to twist, is to, is to distort um, and to misplace our desire yeah. um, and misplace what God has created. Yeah, I agree with that, man. And so I think we have to try to figure out what our actual desires are. Mm-hmm. And, and those those desires might be perverted. The essence, essence of them, God created good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the question is, what are we actually wanting? 
Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is what is ruling our heart? And are we going to listen to what God says is good and mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. are we going to listen to our own? Um, are we going to place ourselves as the final authority mm-hmm. um, in deciding that? And so uh, that, that's really helpful. That's a really good category to think through. Um, so this passage also uses, in regard to temptation, it uses provocative language saying that we're drawn away, that we're enticed, right? That we're pulled in. Um, so what what do you make of that kind of imagery? What what kind of comes to mind? What are you thinking about here? Yeah, man, this this language makes me sound like we're like we're being hunted, right? Mm-hmm. Like like there's bait being laid down by an enemy, and whenever we wander over to this bait because of our desire for whatever that thing is, this thing is dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. something to to flirt with, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, that that also makes me think about. Um... Just going back to Genesis, right? Genesis 4 and thinking about the story of Cain and Abel. I mean, God uses this language when he's describing sin. And he, he says in, in a similar way, he describes sin as this beast, right? And it's crouching at the door. So not only, um, yeah, it's, it's this beast that is hunting us, right? That is like coming after us. And, and we read in scripture that Satan is roaring around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And so it's really helpful to, to imagine sin as, as this thing that's you can't play with it, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's nothing to be to be played with or to be messed with. It's it's a very serious thing. Um, so, yeah. what are some other kind of reflections that you're you're pulling from this? Yeah, man. An image in my mind came up came up uh, to this. Like, imagine you're in a forest, right? I don't know why you're there, but you're there, <laughs> and, and you're there with your dog, and someone has left bait, some some something that your dog desires. Maybe it's some food, uh, um, and they they are attempting to catch your dog in a trap. Right, mm-hmm. and if you see your dog wandering over to to that bait, you'd be like, "Man, stay away from the bait! Mm-hmm. Like it's a trap!" Mm-hmm. Right, and, and then you would then say, "Man, you don't need to go over there for food, right? Mm-hmm. When you need food, you come to me. Mm-hmm. I will give you food." Mm-hmm. And in the same way, God is saying, "Steer away from the bait and come to me. I will redeem the evil desire and give it to you the right way. Mm-hmm. You desire sex, I can make you content." I might all, 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 I might even give you someone that you can share complete oneness with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you desire recognition, I can make you content, but I can also show you that the most important being in the universe is pleased with you. Mm-hmm. You want power? I can make you content, mm-hmm. but I can also show you that becoming a servant is the best way to lead, right? God is saying, hey, come to me, come to me and mm-hmm. steer away from the trap. And that really ties back to are saying, right, or like kind of the main point that you were getting from this text, that, that we are to trust God to give us uh, what is good when we desire that which is not good. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really helpful to continue to remember that and reflect on that statement. Um, so as we think about temptation and sin, what, let's talk about what that relationship is, right, between temptation and actually sinning. Like is, is being tempted sin in and of itself or, um, or like where's the, where's the line? If you're yeah. always looking, like how close can we get to the line, right? <laughs> um, where, yeah. like where, let's talk about that. Where's, the, where's that at? Yeah, man, temptation is not sin. Mm. Um, I, I had a conversation with, with a guy, and I, I think I've even felt this in my heart before, where it's like, man, I'm being tempted so much, and there's a guilt Mm-hmm. There's a guilt mm-hmm. with my own temptation, and, and I, I feel an urge to repent, mm-hmm. right? But it's yeah. like, man, that's a reality of being in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. And even when I don't fall into the sin, why am I feeling, why am I feeling guilty by that, yeah. right? And I think this text makes a distinction between them. I think that, that'll be helpful, too, for people. So I know some people have more sensitive consciences, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like, uh, you'll, you can feel like an unnecessary guilt. Yeah. Um, but then some people, their consciences are a little bit seared or maybe hard, right? Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
and that line can be blurred. So um, yeah, continue to un unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I think this text shows a, a progression, right? From temptation to sin. And so it starts with the desire, um, but it goes beyond that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and temptation, if you flirt with it, it, it says it will have a baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is That's, sin, yeah. right? Which is a sin, a, a, a discreet sin. And, and when you engage with sin willfully, it will have another baby, mm. which is death, mm. right? And so the progression is this. Temptation may lead to one discreet sin, but when sin matures, it, mm. it grows, it becomes a lifestyle, mm -hmm. and then that brings death. It's like a snowballing effect, Yeah, right? Yeah, and this is like the crazy re reality um, of sin. Mm -hmm. and, and it reminds me of like heroin, mm -hmm. right? Like, do, do, do you want to flirt with how many times can I do heroin before I'm hooked and can't turn back? Right. And, and that turns into how much heroin can I do and not overdose. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and we see the wisdom with just staying away from heroin altogether, even if we are enticed by the high. Right. In the same way, we should stay away from sin. Yeah, just thinking through this passage and a lot of what we're unpacking in this analogy of, of being hunted, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we're being hunted and chased down by this sin um, or by this kind of temptation. So this passage is really serving as, as a warning, right? Mm. Um, it's, it's warning us of the dangers of sin and how sin can lead to this progression um, that really pulls us away from God, leads us to mistrust God, um, to distrust Him, and to trust in ourselves and so many other things. So, um, but after these verses, the passage seems to, to take a turn, right? Yeah. So, so James encourages them at, at, at this point. And he says, don't be deceived, my beloved brothers. Right. And, and, and the CSB might say, my beloved brothers and sisters, he, he's he's uh, he's talking to everyone mm -hmm. and, and he gives them like a term of endearment. You know, mm. like I, I just told you that that uh, that this sin can lead to to a final death. But mm -hmm. I'm saying, hey, I'm encouraging you. This is not for your fate. Right. My beloved brothers. And, and then verse 17 seems to come from left field. And, and it says and, and it says in verse 17, you want to read it for us, uh, Kyle? Uh, so verse 17, it says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Yeah, and, and it's hard to see how he makes that transition. But but I think that he he's making a, a contrast between whatever we desire, all, all the, the things we desire our way, and, and God, who's the actual giver of good gifts, mm. right? Trust God to give what is good when we desire what is not. You know, when we are tempted, we need to remember that God gives good gifts. He he has something that's better for us, mm. right? He can give us what is good mm. and what we desire. He has proven this by giving us the greatest gift of all, mm. which is eternal life, mm. right? There, there's a God who does not tempt but wishes to give you life by his word. Mm. Temptation births sin. Sin births death. But the word of truth gives another type of birth, being mm. born of God. Mm. That's really good. And I think it's good to like connect this to the gospel. So it's like we can trust God like because he's, he's trustworthy. He's proved himself faithful by demonstrating his love for us on the cross mm. in Jesus. Um, and so just like really the, the main point of this passage is we are to trust God to give us what is good, right? And to trust that what he has is better. And we can believe that he is he is trustworthy and that he is good by looking to Jesus. So whenever we doubt, like, man, is I, I really desire this thing. Is God really trustworthy? Mm -hmm. Look to Jesus, right? Yeah. Like, look to his love and, and trust that, like, he is worthy 
of of your trust, like of your faith, right? That's really encouraging to think about um, and that we should walk away uh, with this main point that you presented to us, that we should trust God to give us what is good um, even when we desire uh, what is not. And so, Jason, do you have any, any questions or things we should be thinking through? Yeah, so some other things that I want us to wrestle with is this, is that, hey, if you're listening to this and, and you are not a believer, I'm going to say it is impossible to, to walk away from temptation and it's even more impossible to to approach a God that you don't believe in to give you something good, mm. and right. And so I think the first step is this: is to to say, hey, I put my life's trust in Jesus, who mm. who died on a cross so that I can be made right with God, mm. right? I, th- I think that's number one. And, and the thing I want us to walk away with is, is, yeah, this saying: trust God to give what is good when we desire what's not. Um, we, we should make a practice of assessing what we desire when we're tempted, mm-hmm. right? So when we're being tempted, we, we feel that come up in our hearts. We, we need to make a practice of saying, okay, uh, what is my underlying desire? Mm. What am I actually desiring here? Mm. You know, it, it, am I desiring just to be with someone? A- am I desiring just to be seen? Like, like what are the things that are, that are really tempting me? And I think we take those things uh, to God. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. and these are some questions I want everyone who's listening to this podcast to uh, to to go ahead and, and write these down and then um, pursue the answers for yourself. Mm. Um, the first question is, what am I usually enticed by and what is the underlying desire? Mm. OK, I think mm-hmm. devotionally, you can sit down with God and answer that question. What, what am I usually enticed by and what is the underlying desire? And, and the second thing I want us to do um, I, I want us to find a promise or a verse that we can memorize from God's word that helps us remember that he is the giver of good gifts. Mm. Okay? So, so whatever that underlying desire is, find a verse that promises something better. So, for example, if, if a husband is, uh, is tempted to, to be angry at his wife and, and discontent with his wife, or, or how she looks, or or, mm-hmm. or these types of things. Then he should remember that um, that uh, 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 whoever finds a wife finds a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like like a verse to remember to, to remind him of the truth that God has given him a good gift. He doesn't need to be tempted to something else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's just a just a quick example. But mm-hmm. I think everyone can can search once we find out what that underlying desire is. Let's look in Scripture and see what God says about that desire. Mm-hmm. How does He give that to us? Mm-hmm. What's the good thing? God has in store for us, mm. right? Mm. Um, and, and the last thing I want us to do is once we find that verse, I want us just to post in the uh, in the James group study Slack, mm. all right? So that's hashtag James group study. And, and so hit somebody up in Sojourn College if you want to join and, uh, and, and let's engage in mm. God's word together. Yeah, amen, amen. And just remember that like through what God is teaching you, he can then encourage somebody else, right? So like yeah. by posting in the Slack, um, somebody likely could be experiencing that same struggle or temptation that you're experiencing. And so, um, yeah, I, we, I would just encourage you, like, discern kind of what's going on in your heart. Find a promise and verse that really applies to your temptation or what's going on, um, and, and definitely share that in the Slack. So, all right. Well, thanks, Jason, for being with us and for yeah, sharing uh, what God has been teaching you uh, through his word, through the book of James. I'm really excited for just the coming weeks and the coming episodes and to be able to um, do this with you all. And so, um, thank you all for listening and be looking out for the next episodes. Jason, do you have an announcement? Well, yeah. So okay. um, one is, I, I, I think we should shorten this name. This, the SCP. You like that? SCP. I, 
We, we could go. I mean, we could work with that. We'll, we'll, work, okay. we'll work on it. Okay. We'll, we'll, it's okay. a, we'll workshop it, okay? <laughs> uh, but you've been listening to the Sojourn College podcast where we engage in God's word in a way that transforms us. Thank you.